0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Podcast. This is going to be our introductory episode. My name is Jay Kaplan.
1: And I'm Justin Goodman.
0: And we are going to briefly introduce the podcast, talk a little bit about each other, and then maybe some basics about the set.
1: For any listeners who are completely new to the topic, T206s were produced from 1909 to 1911 and distributed in packs of cigarettes and are perhaps the most iconic of any baseball cards ever produced, with the centerpiece of the set, of course, being the storied Honus Wagner card that fetches between six and seven figures every time it goes up for sale. Now, we'll certainly talk about that card, but the focus of this podcast is really going to be about what makes this set altogether so special, so unique, and that it's really accessible for collectors at any level. So
0: this, um, this podcast is intended to be um, some interviews with well-known collectors, to do, do some education about the nuance of the T206 set, anything else that um, our various viewers would like to hear. We want this to be user driven, so if you have an idea, something you'd like to listen to, feel free to pass that along to us and we will do our very best to accommodate it. We're gonna introduce ourselves and talk a little about our collecting story. So my name is Jay Kaplan, Uh, I am on Tobacco Row, Net 54. I try to be pretty active in the collecting community. Um, I got started collecting when I was a young teenager about 15 or so years ago. Uh, I collected all sorts of stuff from uh, vintage to tobacco to modern. But when I was uh, a couple years after that, I would say I switched over to predominantly T206s. My first major T206 purchase was a Walter Johnson portrait, which I still have and is one of my absolute favorite cards, all values aside. Um, when I was in high school in the mid-2000s. I got to about 200 cards before I sold and uh, moved away from the hobby for about 10 years. And now about maybe 14, 15 months ago, I have resumed. Uh, Currently I have a monster number of 600. I have a 521 card set through Magee. And uh, currently I am looking for uh, big time Hall of Famers with backs and uh, any other various cool oddities.
1: 86 is where it all started for me. I started collecting tops wax packs I bought them at the newsstand in Queens and uh, it was a few years before I ventured out into more collectible items but in the early 90s I did start collecting tobacco cards I bought my first tobacco card in 1994 in Cooperstown it was my second visit to Cooperstown and I went into one of the local card shops and I bought a Cyborger portrait uh, Piedmont back uh, that is still my favorite card that I have uh, in part because it was the first one and it really sparked my enthusiasm and interest in the set and I also I think I paid $10 at the time for the card I never imagined that I could afford a T206 I had only seen them in books I uh, I have I still have some of those books and I'd seen the Triss Speaker of course Honest Wagner some of the Cobbs and I just thought it was I didn't even know where I would go about finding one, and I ended up in Cooperstown, and there it was. And, of course, that was probably the best place I could have possibly found one was up near the Hall of Fame.
0: That's awesome. I really like your story, your description about um, never thinking that you could own a T206. I guess when you're young, there's there's this sort of mythical feeling that the cards that you see— you know, selling for a ton of money on eBay or that people post in forums, you you never imagine that you're actually going to own something that is uh, of that type of quality. And I think it's a really, really awesome thing when you start to put those into your collection and realize these are attainable and might require some planning or some savings, but these cards that are a piece of history are truly, truly attainable.
1: It is nice that it is attainable, and the internet has really opened it up. In 1986, when I first started collecting, obviously, even in 94, the reason the, Co- the Cooperstown visit was so exciting is because there was nowhere else you could go to see those things other than in person. My local card shop, I remember had one T206 that I saved lunch money for for like six months. It was a Christy Mathewson dark cap that I still have. Um, but that was the only one I'd ever, I'd ever seen, and that was later on. So before the internet, it was hard to come by them. So that added to the allure and the mythical nature of the set. It was like you really had to know where you're looking. And collectors obviously knew back then, but kids like me didn't. So it took a lot of work, uh, so it was even more rewarding. Now, you mentioned that we're you know, on this Facebook group called Tobacco Row, which I think has close to 500 members who are all people who are in one way or another committed to collecting the set in all kinds of fun and creative ways. And then there's built bulletin boards, like you mentioned, NIT 54, again, a great resource for not only information, but for buying, buying and selling trading cards. Um, it's made it much easier to talk to people who know information about these cards, but also find the stuff you want to put in your collection.
0: And I think one of the other awesome things with, this, with, with these types of social media sites is that you can connect to different people who are doing all sorts of various permutations of the set that are all unique and really interesting so for instance justin's connection to the beaters is is great you know there's there's something to be said for a card that's been well loved had many different owners didn't immediately immediately make it into some case somewhere never to be seen for a hundred years you know these cards saw the light of day there are people who are you know collecting the higher grade stuff which of course is dramatically more expensive but it is a piece of history that's been kept almost pristine, and then there's also people who are just doing snapshots of the set, people who are doing Hall of Famers or people who like a certain back, people who are doing a a Cooperstown Hall of Famer project. These are all different ways that people can connect with the T206 set. After all, it is is called the Monster, it is for many a lifetime project. So just to introduce the set a little bit, the T206 set was uh, given that designation by Jefferson Burdick, as he was sort of cataloging the, the various cards and different sets. And that name has stuck for a number of years now. To basically break down the set, there are 524 different cards. 520 of those also co- compromise a, a full set of sorts, but there's the the big four, the Honus Wagner, obviously, Eddie Plank, the Joe Doyle National, and the Maggie, spelled I-E. Those are sort of the, the rarities that uh, not all sets include. Uh, it, is, it is definitely a worth, worthwhile project to pursue just the 520 card set in and of itself. Of that 520 cards, you wind up with about 74 Hall of Famers. There are 48 Southern Leaguers, a couple variations, about 10 to 20 variations, just depending on which ones you count, and then somewhere between 360 and 380 commons, just depending on how you catalog the various variations. But that all combines into an enormous 524 card set, produced between 1909 and 1911. There are 24 or so different back types. I'm going to have to check on the exact number. There's various different back types. There are the, the common backs, the Piedmont and Um Then there are some of the mid-tier backs, there is uh, now Principe de Gales, Hindu, Old Mill, Polar Bear, Sovereign, Tolstoy, and then there's some of the, the very, very rare backs that are only seen occasionally, the Broadleaf, the, the Drum, the Lennox, etc.
1: This podcast is going to try to cater to people who are totally new and know nothing, uh, but also to people who have one set or two sets or some of these one-of-one cards that Jay is talking about and are looking for more context for their collection, uh, more information that can help them make decisions about what to collect and what to buy. Uh, And hopefully this will be an outlet for people to share information uh, that they think is important and interesting to other collectors. Um, So we really want it to be inclusive and a wide tent where everyone can come uh, and learn something new and maybe share something interesting with others. Thank you for listening to the Monster Podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at themonsterpodcast.com, and on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time.